0: Previously on Compassion Radio.
1: Our prayer is that our listeners will hear and understand the depth of what's happening here in Ukraine and pray differently Mm -hmm. and pray more effectively for the work you do here so that that deficit is not repeated.
0: Mm -hmm. Intrepid.
1: When God tells you to go,
2: then everything works out. He provides.
1: Involved. It is so exciting to see what God can do, and this is why there is so much hope.
0: International. Compassion Radio allows the listener to get involved in projects that are going to change history. This is Compassion Radio. On the trail of the new thing God is doing all around the world. Welcome to Compassion Radio. Today, we're going to continue a powerful interview we got started with yesterday with Bram and Sandy Florian speaking to one of the most amazing missionary couples you will ever hear, Oleg and Oksana from Ukraine. By the way, if you miss yesterday's powerful opening interview, be sure to catch it on podcast when you visit CompassionRadio.com. Now, as we open today's installment, Bram describes how this couple has literally gone through the eye of the needle in order to bring ministry to those who need it most. So today, we present part two of Christ in the Conflict. Here's Bram to get us started. We're back today with the Magdiches. We have Oleg and we have Oksana, a lovely couple who God has brought through incredible. He's brought them through a a kind of experience that very few people have to thread the needle through in order to get to to ministry, yet he did it for these two. They understand what it means to suffer and to lose and to have great compassion for those who are their neighbors. They have the the heart of someone reaching out as, as a Samaritan. And they're living it literally right now on the front lines between the the forces of Ukraine and Russia. We're going to talk more about that. But if you don't mind backing up with me about that first week where you stepped forward into the firing zone, literally, and decided that ministry meant standing up and praying in the face of certain death. That was the Maidan revolution that we did hear a lot about in the West. And that was just a few years ago, three maybe. Mm-hmm. if the two of you could describe for me what it was like to be part of the prayer movement that literally turned the tide of the confrontation between not just west and east but between the spirit of life in Christ and the spirit of oppression and death that was
3: around you at the time I think it was the most close experience to heaven that I've never went through so standing in my dawn you felt like you were touching heaven yeah it was the first time in Ukraine's history when churches of all denominations and even different religions came together and prayed. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of really hot moments during Maidan when when the government wanted to stop the movement and riot police was uh, trying to clear the tent city, and Priests were standing on a stage and praying, and everybody would kneel down and pray, and God would protect. Mm. And there was no way, that, there was just no way that would happen without prayer, because we had like a thousand people praying, and a couple of thousands, right, police armed, ready to, and, and, and they were pushing, they, were, they almost succeeded, but people were praying. So people were on
0: their knees praying, so they have no protection of their own, they can't face their attackers.
3: Well, there were a few units that were protecting those who prayed, yeah. and they were p- trying to protect Maidan. But again, the, I mean, when I look at the videos of that time, of that particular moments, I I see there was no way we could survive. So, what was holding back the forces? I hope God. Mm-hmm. Oksana, were you part of this at the time where you live in a safer location? I wasn't. At the scene at that time, because I had some serious problems with my back. But that was the, the hardest time for me, because I couldn't be next to him.
4: But
3: I was online all the time. I was watching online streams uh, during day and night.
1: Mm-hmm. Was that frightening for you to see what was happening and knowing that your husband was, was, in, the was
4: in the middle of it? It was very, very frightening. <laughs> when
3: they started shooting and killing,
4: I, I,
3: I would call him immediately and I would ask him, is he safe, what's going on?
1: And God began to teach you to pray differently in that time, yeah. didn't he? Mm-hmm. And, and, and
3: every time I called him, uh, after that, I, I would spend a night in prayer and not, not just about him, but about everybody mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. Forgot, mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. Protect, mm-hmm. forgot to mm-hmm.
4: protect, forgot to do something. Mm-hmm. And
3: forgot to stop what was going on. The time of prayer that you had there, obviously,
0: yielded spiritual fruit and mm-hmm. not just uh, in saving lives but I've got to think that between the two of you that the prayers you prayed were about living sacrifice you are saying my husband's on the altar Mm -hmm. do with him as you will Lord and you don't know if your living sacrifice is going to become the final sacrifice and yet you trusted the Lord
4: Mm
3: -hmm. what was he doing in your heart at that time? My, my trust to God and to my husband grew up At that
4: time,
3: I was learning to trust God's wisdom and Oleg's wisdom as well. I was afraid.
4: Uh, хотела, мозгу, I was жизни. afraid
3: because I couldn't believe that uh, something like that like that is happening again in my life.
4: Mm. Mm. And at that
3: time Putin Putin started to say that he's gonna intervene in Kiev and he's gonna take over Ukraine. And in my head, I had those pictures of us running away. Uh And I was praying to God and saying, God, I don't want this to happen again. I would say that
0: because the media was open at that point, and you were streaming live to the entire world, there were many Christians at the time who saw those images and prayed with you, not knowing you. Mm But the world was not on your side so much as just pleading with God to be on his own side, do his work. But yes, we had compassion to say these people are about ready to be crushed again. We cared as much as we're able to through the media. But this story right here brings home the reality of the spiritual frontline battle that you were already on and affirms to me that the kind of prayers that were being stirred in our hearts while we watched the news there we were hearing what God was saying because it echoes with me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: resonates with me, what you're saying oh. today. So that God has the ability and does, even if we're watching the news, to stir up in our hearts the things he once prayed for. So I want to encourage our listeners to remember that if God is stirring up things in your heart, you may not know it's God's stirrings yet, but if something comes to mind from what you see in the news that you want to take to God in prayer, do it. Do not stop. Do not wait. Do not hesitate. That you are part of an ongoing and visceral battle in the heavenlies that's happening in real
2: time.
1: And also to know that there are men and women like you that are involved in mm-hmm. these conflicts and these struggles. It's not just a big blanket of people that you can't communicate or mm-hmm. connect with. There are individuals That even though we don't know them by name, we can still pray Mm -hmm. for the man of God, for the woman of peace that God has called and raised up in that situation, even though we're far away from it.
0: Friends, when this interview was recorded in 2017, Ukraine was just recovering from the traumatic events of the Maidan massacre and crackdown by the puppet Russian-sponsored regime in Ukraine. The church mounted a robust response and put their lives on the line, not just for political freedom, but for the free expression of religion and an honest press. They've vigorously pushed back against propaganda and the undermining of their own autonomy, economy, and peace of mind. And they've paid for that dearly over the years. You're hearing it on the news today. And you'll be hearing more about this story and the people involved with it in the days to come. I'm relieved to say that Oleg and Oksana are right now still serving their countrymen and their churches with sacrificial love and faith, and they preach that word and live it out every day. May God protect, defend, and preserve them through the current dangers and uncertainties. We'd encourage you to pray for them right now and in the days to come. While you're doing that, I'd ask that you remember Compassion Radio as part of your prayers and consider supporting this ministry as we bring the stories you just won't hear anywhere else. We need you, friends. If you find any value in what we do, we need to hear from you today through our website, CompassionRadio.com. You can also reach out to our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. You can also mail us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859.
1: God, for the woman of peace that God has called and raised up in that situation, even though we're far away from it.
0: And to harken back to what you said about touching heaven in the Maidan, and again, to let people know about the geography, we're talking about kind of the national square. It's the big open spot in the very center of Kiev, and it's the heart of the country. Yeah, it is. So you say you touched heaven in that place, and you're saying it's because people prayed and God's presence showed up. So... This is, in fact, heaven. If God shows up, you're mm-hmm. there with him. Mm-hmm. And you saw something miraculous happen between denominations that had never talked to each other in millennia. Mm-hmm. You saw peace between Islam and mm-hmm. Christianity for mm-hmm. the time of standing up to yeah. this oppression. And just the idea that people would find a heart for each other of compassion is a big step in the direction, I believe, of the gospel. Because if people can't talk to each other, they can't mm-hmm. win each other as mm-hmm. friends. And so you brought the gospel very close to people who had never heard it, the real gospel, Mm -hmm. because you were willing to stand and die with others. That's a profound message for Christians around the world, I think. We are so afraid of what might happen to us from the others Mm -hmm. that we forget that standing with them in their hour of of need can be the most profound witness we may ever have on this planet. And here in Ukraine... There is nobody. that has not been personally and profoundly affected by what happened at Maidan and what continues to happen through the conflict in eastern Ukraine. And, of course, the West is aware of the battle zone there because we can't forget about innocent passengers on airplanes being shot down over the war zone there. So the whole world literally rained down on your war zone, and the world died there Mm -hmm. in many ways. That makes it personal for the West. But it is very personal for me because you're family. Mm. And we know that the Bible calls us to stand with our brothers and sisters in their hour of distress, wherever you find them. It's not just about who agrees with you. It's not about politics or denomination or even theology. If someone proclaims to follow Jesus Christ and proclaims Him as Lord over their lives, we have no right to not care about them or to come to them when they need us. Mm -hmm. We have about... uh, five or ten minutes left on this particular program, but I would like to have you travel with us back to the front lines now about the things you're doing with the troops there. You mentioned on yesterday's program that the first thing that moved your heart to compassion in a practical way was discovering a good friend needed boots Uh just to walk around and not get his feet stuck in the mud or freeze Uh when the temperature changed. So you brought more than a pair of boots. You brought a truckload of boots there's no going small right now when it comes to compassion for you yeah
3: we uh, at that at that moment i had my old van that we loaded with stuff and my friend and i we we drove to to the eastern ukraine we had no idea where we were going and thinking back uh, i think we did some stupid things at that trip but I'm still doing them. so Uh, (laughs) You know the lay of the land now, at least. Yeah, yeah. but we were since that time I don't know how many trips we've done, and at some point we decided that, for me personally the the goal is to keep them alive, to uh, let them come home. But at some point we decided that we need to tell them about God Mm -hmm. as well and we found out that you're saying is right there are no atheists in a foxhole they all are ready to listen ready to pray they never question our faith and and so with every piece of equipment or something that we were giving away would give away a small camel new testament to them and and a few prayers written down and so you're not afraid to share
0: the word and to speak the word and to live the word so you're pretty much firing at all cylinders here, as they would say in America.
1: But I think that, that what you said about no atheist in a foxhole, these men and women that you were going to were seeing that you were committed to them. Yeah. And there was great purpose mm-hmm. in what you were doing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just an airdrop of someone they couldn't see. You were in the yeah. foxhole yeah. with them in yeah. some ways. So you had great credibility in what you're doing, you were willing to sacrifice and put yourself on the line to come to them rather than just shipping it somehow. That's a great testimony of of God opening doors and using it for His glory mm-hmm. to bring others to Him. We, yeah,
3: we were not pushing them. We we wanted to tell them that if you're afraid to fight or if you're afraid to die, just pray, and that's that was the only sermon we gave. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them, when they came back from the war now, they're, they're still our friends, and I feel like I have an authority to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the outreach continues, and you... Of course. I imagine that you're walking
0: them through, as well as yourselves, through what we would call in the West PTSD, just the overwhelming stress that goes with facing death every day after day after day, that the adrenaline never goes down, and there's always an edginess there but that still can be submitted to Jesus and bring real peace to your hearts. And I imagine it's a struggle and that the two of you have to discipline that together. Mm -hmm. How do you communicate and pray with each other to deal with the stress that comes with
3: dealing with others suffering constantly? Soldiers come back home having PTSD. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: I felt like I'm, I'm having PTSD every time I come home from the trip and at first like for the first year i felt like i hate everybody Mm -hmm. for the next three days because i I just couldn't believe that my friends are there doing everything they can to protect us and a lot of people here they just don't get it
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and it's just down the road maybe axel you could tell us how did you help your husband deal with the forgiveness required for those who didn't have the same compassion, or even Oleg's ability to forgive himself for not being there for everybody all the time.
4: Well, at first, uh,
3: for the first couple of days after he would get back home, I was trying not to, not to push on him and and just to serve him. And then I, I would ask him to think about front line coming to our family if he doesn't stop.
1: Mm.
3: Hmm. That's a big statement.
1: Mm. It is. So in saying those things to him, you're saying to him, leave it mm-hmm. at the front line when you come home. Mm-hmm. It's difficult.
0: Were you able to receive that word as, of course not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well it was a tough choice.
2: Mm-hmm. I had it's to a choice.
1: No.
3: I had to fight for my country and for my family. And they're similar struggles
0: but they're not the same struggle. So you are fighting for your family in person up close like you do with your brothers on the front lines, but you're fighting an even deeper spiritual battle now and rooting yourself deep into Jesus for this one because the only tools you have, the only weapons you have are ones of the Spirit. So you're digging deep into Ephesians here about yeah. how to armor up the right way for the spiritual battle Okay, Oleg, Oksana Pray for us, would you? And let us in, in our own way be praying with you that God will bring to you everything that God wants for you Everything that he deserves the glory for would flow through you and upon you That you would feel richness and wealth of his spirit upon you in this
3: battle and that you would never be without. I'll pray that too. So, lead us, would you? God, I thank you for keeping us in your hand. No matter what happens, we believe that we are in your hands. And for those who love you, everything that's going on, you are able to turn into good, I believe that. And we love you, God, and we thank you for any circumstances we're going through right now, whether it's here in Ukraine or in the States or all over the world. You know everything. And I ask you for those people who are struggling struggling right now, come to them, to their struggle. Help them. Heal them. Touch them. I ask you to be with them. Thank you for our friends, thank you for everyone who is listening to us right now. And I ask you to give us this burden of prayer
2: mm-hmm.
3: yes. for Ukraine, for other countries, for all the Christians that are suffering right now, for everybody who needs you. I ask you to protect people of Ukraine, soldiers of Ukraine. I ask you to protect our frontline church, to protect those families there, Mm -hmm. ask you to take care of them, to help them to survive. Thank you for this hope that we have in you. And looking with my eyes at what's going on, uh, it's such a despair, but I know that we have you, and we have this hope that you control everything and you know better, and help us not to be on your way. Help us be... A tool in your hand. Amen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: And may God bring peace not just to the front lines but peace to hearts. And I'm praying that God will bring the, the peace of Christ to many Russian soldiers that don't realize they're being prayed over or that there's a believing body right near them doing warfare in the heavenlies on their behalf too. May there be true reconciliation and peace on the God level that you will have I'm going to keep praying in the years to come Oksana and Oleg that the two of you will get to see the fruit of the love and investment and the planting and the watering that you've done over these years that you would not be denied that privilege because you have earned it and God is very good but he's been very good to us to get to know you we're richer for it Thank you, Compassion Radio partners and friends, for praying for Oksana and for Oleg Magdich here in Kiev, Ukraine. There cannot be a more important front line of faith right now, I think, than what's happening between the Ukrainian and Russian peoples. Pray for the peace of Ukraine. Thank you all for joining us on Compassion Radio.
2: Thank you. Thank Thank you.
0: you listener to know that you are not just a listener mm-hmm. if you are hearing these words if God put you in front of that speaker like he put us in front of this microphone that we are already in partnership together because God appointed this date and this time for us to connect connect with us now please let us know that you're listening to the program and that you are praying for us and let us know how we can pray for you we got a great prayer team but let's start that conversation my email address to send me a message directly is bramfloria at compassionradio.com. And don't hesitate, friends, to let us know what God's doing in and through you right now.
2: That's right. And as you're communicating with us, as you're praying for us, please, please, please remember the dear people who are serving God in a no-man's land between two shooting sides. They need our prayer. People are coming to the Lord. They are baptizing them in little plastic, what would you call it, Brian? Little plastic tubs. Yeah. People are desperate for hope.
0: We really need each other if we're going to see victory over fear and all the other enemies to a real faithful living in this world. Please know that we deeply appreciate and value you. You, your prayers, your support, and friendship are what keeps us going. Thank you. Your courage and faithful giving keep us on the air In the arena, standing with you to help the kingdom keep growing in the 21st century. Here's how. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. Our mailing address is Compassion Radio, PO Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. We can't do this work any other way than with you. Thank you for loving us in this way. And remember, none of this is possible without you. If you believe hearing the good news from the front lines of faith builds your faith, then let us know today. We need you, friend, so contact us today. We'll see you tomorrow.